previously on the Dave and Steve show. So now imagine you run into a bathroom. You got it. You got to vomit, right? What are you going to do? What does everybody do when they have to vomit in a toilet? You get down Take on your my knees. Pants off. No. Can you put poop on your license plate in Washington state, but not put poop on your license plate in Ohio? One or two episodes was very compelling until I got to the uh, to, to the talking penis. And I can't wait to bring both of you in for your first tattoos the next time I go back. And I, I believe, Steve, I'm seeing you nod violently in agreement. Yeah, I'm definitely getting one on my chest. Big block letters like uh, like 200 point type right across. <laughs> Do not resuscitate. Just right across the front. Yep. Of the three of us, I'm the only one who has barfed in Iceland. It's really fun, though, to be someone that, like, uh, vomits in, you know, exotic places. Yeah. Not only that, but, I mean, six foot five, 200 pounds, moving that quickly up a fuselage is going to change the integrity of the plane. <laughs> like, it's... It's gonna, it's gonna yaw, it's yeah, gonna right. yaw a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Like it's the pilot's gonna be like, "Wow, what the hell was that?" Right. Do we, we hit something? We hit a goose. Part of what pride here means that if I just want to piss in the middle of the street, I can. <laughs> and so, exactly. so I mean, it's just a different kind of pride. <laughs> I've got one leg left to kind of pull back over her. And she comes right to, like, eyes wide awake, effectively with my ass in her face as I'm climbing over these seats. I had this horrible burning pain because I was twisted and I was sending things up. You kinked the hose. Yeah, I did. I kinked the hose. This lady gives birth to a giant snake that flies around, and that's a little odd. I thought that was a little weird. And then there's another lady that turned into a tree, and I don't know why. I had to look straight into the penis of Tommy Lee and it was, so I'm there with my wife, who's never seen another man's penis in her entire sure, life. of course, yeah. So you can imagine the embarrassment yeah. that I'm feeling yeah. on her behalf. Yep. So I had to straddle this poor woman. I had to climb over her. Right. She slept the entire time. Jack hole, jack wagon, and ass hat. Yeah. Welcome to the Dave and Steve show with Tracy. I am Dave sitting right alongside me. I'm here 27 miles away is Steve with Tracy and from parts unknown the lovely and buxom Tracy. The disappointment I brought last week by not having a minute. Yeah, I'll just never hear the end of it. Often running on the Dave and Steve show with Tracy before we get into the show, the main show. I do need to clarify something last week, and I didn't realize this until I went back to pull those clips for the previously on. There, there's one part in that I was talking about Spider Island on when I went to Sweden and the fact that I had to go to this island. They didn't tell me until I was on the island that it's known as Spider Island because of all the spiders that descend from the ceiling. And I was describing the tools that the servers use because they have these little what I call clackers that they can use to squish spiders. Two pieces of wood with a string between them that they use to smack the spiders. And as I was listening to it, my description of them was, imagine two paddles. You know, like the paddles you would use to paddle a child. Paddle a child, right. <laughs> and, yeah. and I, I want to clarify, I've never paddled a child in my life. I've been paddled with one of those 
back in the day in school. But yeah, I, I think do we not were all children who were paddled. Yeah, I do not paddle children, nor have I ever paddled children. So I did want to kick the show off by making that piece of clarification because as I was pulling those clips, I I, I realized just how bad <laughs> that sounded the way I said it. Yeah, there are yeah, in the in twenty twenty two there are only a handful of things you're supposed to be paddling. Yeah. And uh, children generally aren't uh, in that uh, mix, but I'm not. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. I don't know. Generally, yeah. Uh, so we typically record on a Thursday. We're recording this one on a Friday, and that's because of me, which I'll get to in a minute. But because we're now recording on a Friday, we're actually recording on April Fool's Day. And I wanted to begin by asking both of you, Steve. I'll start with you. What do you think of April Fools? What's your take on April Fools? How do you feel about April Fools Day in general in 2022? I'm really glad you uh you asked me. Um I find it a nuisance. Um you know that I am I, I'm I'm a I'm a joker. I, yeah. I, I really I really like a good practical joke. I really like a good um a good joke and a good laugh. I like it when it's played on me. Yeah. Um I I like to play them on other people. But um but I find April Fool's Day to be amateur hour. Just a bunch of sad um, attempts at, at and never never reaching the mark. Um, it's it's so rare for something on April Fool's Day to really impress me. I really try to hide out and I, I don't want to read any news articles or any of that uh, because I know somebody's going to try to make me think some bullshit about whatever. Um, no, no, I don't like it. I don't, I'm not in favor of it. I don't, I don't like it at all. All right. And Tracy, what about you? I absolutely love it. Now, the reason I love it is because, uh, a couple of years ago, my kids, we had them go out to an ice rink in, uh, Kirkland, uh, for what in, uh, in the U S in the United States is called try hockey day. And so this is where kids can just put on hockey gear and go out and just try playing hockey. Yep. And so because it's a sport that's unusual uh, and it uh, requires, you know, gear and a place to do it that's unique, the chance to try it is unique. And so when you open it up to everybody and just try it, um, it lets a lot of kids that may have never even envisioned playing hockey give a get a chance to play it. So I consider April Fool's Day to be try hockey day for many people where they go out and where the risk is very low, they get to right. go try a joke, try to get you to uh, believe something that's not true and just give it a shot. And some of these, some of these amateurs that as Steve has described will blossom into the, the asshats and jackholes that will have their own podcast someday and uh, crack wise and, and be funny and color our lives in a beautiful way. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very uh, in favor of giving a very inclusive and safe space for people to be able to make jokes. Okay, so we've got we've got Steve who is his anti April Fools, and we've got Tracy who is pro. So I have to be the tiebreaker, okay. and I have to basically make the final decision on whether or not the Dave and Steve show with Tracy is pro April Fools' Day or anti. But that's April. fair. Yes, and I'm so sorry, Tracy, but I hate April Fools' Day. <laughs> I absolutely I'm laughing at your pain. I'm laughing at the presentation. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at you losing. That is not that's not what that is. I that is super insensitive. I just realized that as soon as he sided with me, I was like, 
I was like the shittiest Miss America, you know, pushing the right, <laughs> right. you know, like get off my stage. Give me that crown. No, I'm sorry about that. I April Fool's Day back in the day was fine because there was no Internet. And April Fool's Day went like this. I'm pregnant. Are you really? No, I'm kidding. April Fool's. It was over within 30 seconds each time. No matter what people said, they the, the best part of it was just saying, ha ha, April Fool's Day gotcha. Made you think for a second. Now, in this day and age with the internet, to Steve's point, everybody tries to partake in April Fool's. Everybody tries to get more and more elaborate with their April Fool's joke. And nobody, there's not the quick return of, haha, I'm just kidding, April Fool's. It's, here's a stupid article that you know is obviously fake, that this website is going to leave up for the entire day because it's April Fool's and they feel obligated to. And therefore, to the points that Steve made... You just stay off the internet all day. You don't because because it's just a bunch of mindless nonsense. And even for the half second where you get into something, you're like, "Oh, I didn't." You, it's we're so conditioned now by the internet and by April Fools every year that you, it, there's not even a joke about it anymore. The moment you read the first five words of an article, you say, "All right, they're they're effing around because it's April Fools. I'm not doing this." So, yes, Tracy, I think in the spirit of the original. Not original, but the the OG April Fool's Day. I I could probably get there with you. The new Internet April Fool's Day. It can go eat a bag of ding dongs. I, I agree. When they when they try to the wider audience you go for, the more stupid it is. And it's why I've always tried to stay as local as possible. So what I did for April Fools, and and I kind of spent some time with this. I. I, earlier this week, I'd recorded a, a little bit of my five-year-old reading, and so he he's he loves reading. He's doing a good job. He's he's a lot smarter than my other two, frankly. Um, so anyway, yeah, well then he, he you know the other two are okay, and I do love them, but yeah. they you know it's just not still, a high bar. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. So he's reading well, and then I I got to thinking about this video, and that so what I did is I had some other video that I did for a retirement, a retirement video during, um, uh, during, uh, the, the pandemic where we couldn't be with each other. So somebody retires or they go away after a long period of time, we can't have a party for them. So somebody will make a video and I'll put yep. together like yep. a, a video. So I have like all this B roll of people, um, in our department. And I've, so I took like this one sort of like freeze frame of, a person in our department and I made basically this jump scare in the middle of my son <laughs> right. reading a Berenstain Bears book. And most of the people I work with are women and they, so I, I shared it in a channel on teams that is like, Hey, this is my five-year-old son reading and right. they're going to jump all over it. And 25 seconds into it, there's this scream and this, this image of one of their coworkers in a freeze frame yeah. with a funny face. And so it got a laugh or whatever. So like, that's what I did. Um, it wasn't in uh, to kind of get them keeping it local makes it yeah, fun. Sure. The, the wider the audience, the more ridiculous it becomes. Yep. Yes. Yep. I, I understand. And, and Tracy, you were always, you know, whether whether it was at Sierra when we worked together or whatever, you were always a fan of a good prank. And I think mm -hmm. I think a prank is different than the bloated mess that April Fool's has become for most 
applications, especially on the internet. That's all. I'll yeah, say. I r I rarely enjoy what you're describing, and so I um I maybe I'm more of a purist when it comes uh, to it. But <laughs> you're um, both top shelf prankers. You really right? are. You yeah. both are. Just really, just really, it's inventive. Um, it's not too cruel, but it's also. It all it, it it there's levels to it like there's symbolism in it and stuff. I mean, it's really good. Yeah, I I I I don't know. Maybe just because I'm getting old and lazy and I don't want to do it anymore. I I can't think of the last time I truly like like pranked like went through and pranked somebody. We talked about not long ago, but it's different. I won't even say that. I was gonna say like I I do like magic tricks and I guess in a sense that's kind of a prank because you're you're pulling the wool over somebody's. But it's I haven't done like a. What you're referring to, Steve, as far as like a true prank, and I can't remember when. You know, but back to that point, though, there's a lot of when you look at an opportunity to do it and use your skills to be able to do it. And April Fools is that sort of like open mic night for right. everybody to sort of participate at their level um, to be able to do it. And so, it's uh, I that's the way I look at it. I uh, I don't uh, I ignore the stuff that um, that you're talking about, but I kind of celebrate the opportunities that you know people feel safe to be able to just make a joke maybe they'll they'll do it and uh, be less of an asshole you know the rest eh, of the year probably not yeah, all right fun. so uh, i get it I, I, that that resonates i'm i'm gonna stay say i'm gonna stave i'm gonna stave steve for last i'm gonna save steve for last because uh we're about to do the what you do last week and i know he's got some things tracy before i get to you i just wanted to say uh you know i've said before on the show what it's like to deal with Steve since preschool and what I have to go through to deal with Steve since preschool. And this week, just a fine, fine example. So our band is reuniting. We're going to play a show this summer. Okay. And as I've said on a previous show, it took a long time just to get a response from Steve as to whether or not he was going to be able to play, but we've, we've locked in a date. We're all good. Now we've moved on to phase two, which of course is promotion of the show. So I send a text to the band. Just It's just the four of us on this thread. And I say, hey, do me a favor. Send me your favorite photo of yourself because I need to start putting the flyers together so that they can start promoting in our hometown and hanging up pictures and putting them on social media and all that kind of stuff. So just send me the picture that you would like to use on the flyer. And I say right in the text, send it to, and I give my personal email. Steve immediately begins to barrage my my phone and the group text chat with pictures of himself eating what looked like pudding or possibly mashed potatoes. Oh, it, was it was banana pudding. Dave. Banana pudding. Okay. Okay. Pictures of uh, Steve. I still don't know to this day if that is you in uh, your face plastered on some old black and white photo guy, or if that's a guy who just looked like you in an old historical photo because it's really hard to tell but the point is steve starts sending me this and the, and the thread this wall of pictures he's literally just you can tell he's just scrolling through his phone finding funny pictures and at a certain point it's not even steve anymore he's just sending he sent a picture of me squatting by a fire pit with no context no so i actually responded and said i have no idea what's going on right now meanwhile <laughs> while this is going on over the course of just a few minutes I am at my desk. I get a little bring notification and a bring notification in my email. So I go and look at my email. Our singer has sent me a picture of himself. 
our bass player sent a picture of himself with a nice little note saying, can't wait to play the reunion this, this summer. This is going to be great. So both of them emailed within, within five minutes. Steve sent a wall of gibberish pictures and never emailed me a single photo that I can actually use. You can't use any of those? <laughs> I you know what it sounds like to me? I, I can. It sounds like your band needs a new drummer. <laughs> you, you auditioning, Tracy? I can use those, Steve. I could use any of those. None of them were emailed to me. None of them followed the simple instructions of, hey, can you send me one photo? You sent me 30 photos, and you texted them all to me. <laughs> this, this, this is what I deal with when it comes to my relationship with Steve. The trade-off is, and I think somewhere in the back of Steve's mind, he knows this. He's such a hot shit talented drummer that we have to go like, Okay, but he's a really good drummer, so let's just we'll we'll ignore all that. We'll let him we'll let him we'll let him have his moment of fun and then we'll just go back to he can just drum for the band because he's really good at drumming kind of thing. So I'm still waiting on that picture. I'll let you know next week if I have actually had a picture from Steve emailed to me that is not a picture of his butthole with two eyes drawn on with Sharpies above it. You got that one too? I did. You know the thing that pisses me off about Steve since we're on this topic <laughs> is that here we go. Um, <laughs> is that Steve? I have a list. Uh, Hang I, on, let me pull this up while you're talking. To, I've run into several people that tell me that like their favorite, like who's your favorite drummer, and they're like Phil Collins, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? What? Phil Collins, and they're like, well, it's because he can sing, he can do all these things, but Phil Collins was so milk toast in many ways, and he wasn't a showman. He wasn't like a great singer. And I never regarded him as a great drummer either. Steve is all those things. Steve is a competent singer. He is a good drummer. He doesn't piss me off like people who like Phil Collins, but he's not Phil Collins. That's right. That's what pisses me <laughs> oh, okay. off. Okay. Okay. I was like, wh which part of this pisses you off? Because you're heaping praise on him. I'm not Phil Collins. Is and that that has been a that that is a more um, common. Uh, a complaint about me. Than you might think. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, in fact, one of my last one-on-ones with with uh, with a former manager was um, <laughs> was um, works well with others, uh, but the box was checked. Not Phil Collins. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I didn't get a big enough bump. And you're wondering, like, why is that even on the form? Yeah, yeah. Not I I can I cannot tell you how many times our lead singer has in a band practice slammed his guitar to the ground turned to Steve and said that was actually really good but why the hell can't you be Phil Collins and out the uh -huh. door he goes every time it, oh it, it's uncomfortable every time and you know I feel shame for not being Phil Collins yeah uh, but the last thing yeah, the, you've, you've had many of opportunities yeah to, Steve like, if you're not going to be Phil Collins, Phil Collins yeah if you're not Phil Collins by this point in your life you're not going to be Phil Collins yeah, probably I'm never going to be Phil Collins uh, so I did want to say just on the subject of the band reunion and all that. Uh, so one of the things that I am doing as as a a precursor to the the band playing together or getting back together is I'm actually for the first time, and this is truly for the first time in I would say forty, maybe forty years, thirty eight years probably. I'm taking guitar lessons. My first guitar lesson is tomorrow night. 
I'm going to this guy's house, uh, his uh, up by Lake Stevens, which you, you listening, you don't. It doesn't matter if you know where it is or not. But it's really close. It's about 15 minutes away. Uh, I'm gonna go meet with him. He wanted me to bring my guitar. We're gonna and I have to say that's how you know he's legit when he wants you to bring yeah, your when guitar, he to guitar bring lessons. Well, he said, I've got an amp, I've got all the pedals, I've got everything you'll need. You just bring the guitar you want to play kind of thing. So I'm bringing my guitar. I'm going to head there. But I, I, I have to say, I'm actually nervous. There's a weird... Yeah. I mean, I just... I, I was saying before we started the show to Tracy off air, I spent six hours yesterday playing with the singer in our band, jamming around in my office. I wasn't nervous at all. And part of that is, of course, that I know him. But the point is, I'm not... I've played in front of enough crowds i'm not we're not talking wembley stadium or anything like that but i've played live enough that i don't get nervous like that anymore there's little butterflies but they, they go away halfway through the first song and then you're fine going for this this guitar lesson and i think part of it is because i know this guy or at least i think and i'll find out i think this guy really knows his shit and if it's right. somebody who really knows their shit, I'm really intimidated by them because I'm like, wow, they are they are light years ahead of me. I will never be Phil Collins. This guy is Phil Collins, and he's Phil Collins is about to teach me how to play guitar, which is really weird because Phil Collins has a lot of back problems now, and I'm surprised he can sit up long enough to play a guitar. But True. the point of all that is I'm really nervous, and I think I'm going to be really nervous tomorrow when I get to his house, which is an odd thing because it's a half an hour guitar practice. I'm anxious to hear how this goes because um, it's something that I'm looking at too. Um, I just want to play different styles in different ways and just yeah. envision music through the guitar differently and 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 grow. And every time you grow, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm proficient in what I do, but I've obviously decided that what I do is not satisfactory you right. know at some right. point so you you want to take lessons and then you're like you're gonna you're gonna teach somebody who's gonna you know or someone's gonna be with you that's gonna tell you what to do or give you tips and it's it's difficult well and it's the it's the thing that everybody always says and steve i'll get to you it's the thing everybody always says which is being uncomfortable is a good thing because if you're always comfortable you're not really growing if you're uncomfortable that's when you're learning new things one way or the other. So I, I, I st it's not like I'm going to cancel the lesson because I'm, I'm uncomfortable about this. I understand that there's an opportunity to learn new play styles, new approaches, all that kind of stuff. But it, it, it's just this weird, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm 13 again going for a guitar lesson rather than 43 going for a guitar lesson. Go ahead, Steve. I think it's worse than that. You're not Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to hear what it's worse than. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Tracy. When I was third, you know, when I was in my teens playing guitar, I knew that I'd probably get girls because of it. That's yeah. that. Oh, yeah. That train had sailed. Yeah, exactly. You're so. I, I think what you're worried about is, I mean, it. And this is, you know, surface level emotion. Just worried about, um, you know, feeling judged about your ability sure. with somebody sure. like they're going to look at you. And the thing is, is. Um, you have to look at it from a teacher's thing. You never went to, you never went to school thinking that, you know, every day the, you know, the science teacher thinks you're, you know, you're actually, I did that a lot. Yeah. I was going to say, to be fair, Miss Burkhart was pretty judgy, Steve. She, 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 was, she, was, she was hard on me, but, um, yeah. but, um, but I will say that, that their job, it, it, you're going to them. It's like you take your car to the mechanic. It's like you're not embarrassed that you're you need new shocks, right? You 
you you go and the and they're gonna work on he's gonna work on you. I know. Right? He's, I, he's, I, yeah. he's, I don't know because they'll be like I don't know. These spark plugs look like they should have been changed a long time ago. What are you thinking? I think it's more like oh, a therapy gosh. session. I am embarrassed I really when like, I go to the mechanic, Steve, because I, I and and you're right. It's it's all me. I, I'm I'm aware enough to know that. But when I go to the mechanic, what I think is my dad would have just fixed this like he wouldn't have had to take this to a mechanic. I don't know shit about. And I, and I always do this counter thing of like, well, I know a lot about computers. My dad didn't know computers. I can do art stuff. My dad. Could. So there are things there are skills I have that he didn't possess. But at the same time, that is one of those things where I go and I'm like, why wouldn't I just fix this like my dad used to? Why do I not have that drive and determination to just figure this kind of thing out? And I, I just man. don't. So to your point, and I know you were just making an example, but when I go to the mechanic, I am nervous. And that, I, I, my metaphors are stinking tonight. Um, sometimes they're they're good, but not not to, not on podcast nights. Um, so when I when I hang out with other drummers that are, um, you know, in other bands, they're drumming all the time, and I am not. Right. Um, they're out and gigging, and they're playing a lot, and we we learn from each other. Like I am surprised when I hear one of these guys give me such such you know huge compliments like he'll say it over the mic to the crowd like we're gonna bring up this guy who's and and i'm like you just played rings around me a second ago i don't know if this is a joke you're gonna bring me up and and everybody's gonna wonder what was he talking about you know that that kind of thing but i i hang out with these drummers in fact um there are nights when i get subbed in for in the band that i play with and they bring in other drummers that are far more prepared. They, they bring in, they've brought in a drummer that, that gets like 30, 40,000 live viewers as he's doing little clinics from his house. It, his chops are phenomenal. Absolutely unbelievable. And we pick things up from each other. I'm not worried about losing my, my gig to, to that guy. I'm not worried about losing, you know, actually, can, can can I get his number? Because we got a show coming up this summer that I would actually like to. Do you replace. think he could send you a picture of you and yeah. uh, just one email? <laughs> You're not going to like the way he plays. He plays a lot. He plays really busy. Um, but I, I'm totally say. No, no, he's good. If you really want to go with him, I mean, he's, he's kind of expensive, but all right. Um, so, um, so no, there. But there's good. There's good. There's. What I'm saying is, is, is we're all at a different level, but we all steal from each other. We all get things. There's going to be something that this instructor picks up from you, um, whether it's, uh, you know, how you make a shape of a chord that, oh, okay. You know, I didn't, that, that's something you never know what kind of aha moment they're going to have from, oh, you put, you put a towel over your guitar when you put it away. I, I should be doing that. Um, you never know what they're going to walk away uh, with. Yeah, so I don't, you're... yeah, I don't have the heart to tell them that's just my masturbation tell. Tracy, what'd you get up to last week? Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> that's a good, it's a good point, really. Natural oils um, keep the guitar shiny. Go ahead, Tracy. You know, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I was uh, in my, so my story would have started like this, very much like <laughs> how the, the minute began okay. way back two years ago when this uh, show resurfaced. I was in my yard working on my lawn. This is how it should have gone. So my, what did you do last week should have just been about that, but no, something interrupts this and it's a neighbor. A neighbor oh. comes up 
and he is walking up and I look at him and I said, you know, hey, how's it going? And I know this neighbor because of a habit that my cat has. And my cat, whose name is Chairman Meow. Of course. Uh, he, um, uh, he, uh, he, during the warm months, he likes to get out of the house. He looks for any reason to get out of the house. I think it's because he hates us. Yeah. Yeah. But I also realize it's it's warm and he might just hate being in the house. But I do take it personally. He leaves. Like, the door's open just a little bit. Boom, he's out. And then about an hour and a half later, this neighbor brings my cat back. And and he knows, uh, he knows our cat. He's gone to his house several times, you know, just begging for help, yep. begging for anything, you know, just to a respite from the hell that is uh, living here in this house. So anyway, so the, he says he brings the cat back and he says, yeah, he, he, he loves, uh, he loves hanging around my cat Dexter. And uh, they, they've gotten to know each other. They're like a couple of grumpy old men and they just kind of hang out with each other and they kind of probably even have their own podcast for all I know. Yeah, yeah. And um, so uh, he would bring it by. So what happened is, is that he comes by and I, I said, oh, hey, how's it going? And he said, do you still have Chairman Meow? And I said, well, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I have him. He's, he's in the house. And he says, yeah, he was he was always good friends with. And then I Uh-oh. hear the quiver in yeah. his voice yeah, and and the and the shutter. And he says with with Dexter and, and now he's he's fighting back. He's swallowing hard. He's doing all those things you do to to try to show that you're not going to be emotional. But yeah, Dexter also, made that final midnight run. Right. And so Dexter had passed away. And so he said, I just I, I'm Jesus. I'm just so sad because I hate to impose on you. But can I just can I just hang out with your cat? Whoa. Uh... And 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 this is one of those things where, like, if someone is in kind of an emotional state and yeah. they're in, in, a, in, a, in a place that's unstable, I, th- I think I will always tend to give them a place to of comfort and i and so he's clearly like he is clearly still very hurt by this so he's been to our house many times i bring him in so i i call the kids down to bring the cat and so he stands and he's he's spending some time with the cat and this this could go weird because you're thinking dave you're like "Uh uh-oh where's this gonna go uh, because you've had, is it? Yeah. So he starts bringing out papers for us to sign yeah. for, uh, it, it, for this, a mortgage. This has gone weird. Let's be clear. Like this is this is already weird. But, but please, here I am. Like I'm accommodating this because he's brought our co- our cat back. He he is he's a sensitive man. Yeah, he, he truly sure. is. He is when I don't know what his politics is. I don't know what his religion. I don't know what his 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 races or his background but i do know this he's a good neighbor and he's not the world's problem right and so he's in my house and he's sad because his cat died and he wants to be comforted by the fact that my cat was dexter's friend and so this is weird and it is imposing on me because you know how i hate people yeah but but this is a situation where so he begins you know, holding my cat and he, and he, he's, he's saying things like, you know, it's like my cat was never really this loving, 
your cat is like far more loving and and he was always like you know very accommodating and my cat was very grumpy and my cat didn't make friends with other cats but he made friends with your cat and and so he's he's very emotional so i so he begins like it, it begins with uh, a eulogy to his cat he starts kind of recounting memories and things and and a lot of things now he's not busting on his phone and showing me a whole like you know film you know right. picture roll of, of of his cat doing different things uh but he does discover that he tells me about this situation where he's looking for his cat he's been gone a lot longer than he normally would be because he's a hybrid indoor outdoor cat and he has this feeling that he's been sort of hunted by uh by a you know, a, a coyote or something. And yeah. so he, he says he's in his front yard and he hears a slight meow and he goes and looks in his backyard where he thought he heard this meow and he doesn't see anything. And he looks over the fence and he sees his cat that is clearly dead just on the other side of the fence in this yard. So he goes into his neighbor's yard. He feels very uncomfortable about doing this to get, his cat, he doesn't know how long he's been dead. He's sure that he heard him meow he, or this last meow, you know, to help find him. And so now he's going through his almost like the the 19, late 1970s, early 80s show Quincy. He's going through like Jack Klugman is bringing out like all the forensic evidence that he's explaining how it is that Dexter likely passed away. Um, and uh, while he's holding my cat and even my cat now is starting to want to get away from him. He's like, okay, we're, <laughs> we've had enough. I think I'd like to go upstairs and lick my butt now. But, um, uh, so I, I, I had to kind of accommodate this because right. yeah, now you're in, if you're in for a yeah. penny, you're in for a pound when it comes to this. Right. Like... It, it's exactly, it's exactly that I'm, I, I'm, I like to think I'm compassionate. I think there's like long limits to, and uh, long suffering to my compassionate feelings and I want him to feel better. I want him to know that like we're comforting neighbors. Yeah. Um, but I don't know like where this ends. Yeah. And so I decided it should end the way it started. I will just walk out of the house, start doing yard work and start doing yard work again <laughs> to just sort of like signal that this, this season, the season of misery is over and he needs to move on and date someone else. <laughs> I mean, get a new cat. And so uh, that's what I did. I'm sure your wife and kids were thrilled by you <laughs> leaving the neighbor in the house. Tracy, you know, I got to go outside. Is he still downstairs? What's that? Is he still downstairs? I, I need to go down. check. Actually, I haven't been downstairs today, but he could be. I, I heard some crying downstairs, and I thought that was, it could have been anyone in our house, to be fair. My wife, my yeah. children. Wasn't but, a ghost cat that called you downstairs. <laughs> it wasn't him. I would not say we've talked about this on the show, so I'll keep it brief and then we'll jump to what Steve did last week. But I, I will say this, like it's very easy, especially in your younger years and your early adulthood to go like, you're crying over a cat. Like, what are you doing? But yeah. when you lose an animal, I I've said many times the Chihuahua that we lost, that was our last dog that passed away he was a dick 
he was mean to me. He was hateful to everybody. He had, he bit people. He caused problems. The guy tried to come and install DirecTV, bit him on the back of the neck when he was sitting on the couch trying to hook up the receiver. Like, he was just an awful, awful creature. And when he died, or not died, when we had him put to sleep and we were my wife was holding him in her arms, I cried. I cried yeah. because no matter what, this has been a part of your family and a part of your life. And whether the cat or the dog or whatever it might be is not the warmest or not the... It's still, it's still, you have memories that are in, in, that are entangled with that creature. You have love for that creature, whether it's a, a you know, a, sh a shitty, no, I'm not saying this guy's cat was shitty. I almost said whether it's a shitty cat or not. I'll speak for myself, whether it's an asshole chihuahua or not, it's a part of your life. And so you, you feel that loss. So I, I don't understand, but I will also say, I don't care what animal I lost. I don't care what pet I lost. I would never go impose myself on a neighbor or even another family member, I don't think, other than my immediate family. Like, that is just... I'm glad he was able to cope. And Tracy, I'm glad you're a better person than me because I probably would have said... Uh, I'm sorry, my cat's dead too. You're you're not going to be able to ever see it again. And, and <laughs> please go away. I'm putting in some... I'm, I'm going to kill him so that you don't ever come back <laughs> yeah, into our house yeah, again. No, yeah. but it, it's... Uh, it's we were no, supposed I, to die together. <laughs> I got... Uh, <laughs> yeah, now I feel yeah, like... It's, uh, I feel it, like it, you should it, now take it's hard. I, I see it as a, as a, as a piece of trust that there's something in me. He saw that was the, he could trust being vulnerable. And so I, I, for some reason that I am a custodian of that, if people will come to me and be vulnerable in moments that, uh, they see something in me that says that's a safe place to do that. And so, yeah. Do you think it would make him feel better if you used like Photoshop and put uh chairman and Dexter's heads on Thelma and Louise in the Cadillac as they drove off the cliff together? Would that make him feel better or worse? I'm going to find out tonight. I have a fear. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Hey, Steve, what'd you get up to last week? I know you had uh, lots of things you wanted to talk about. Uh, I will just give you a time check that we're already uh, 40 minutes into the show. Uh, but you've, you've got at least three and a half minutes to tell what you need to tell. All right. So um, we we picked up an exercise bike, not yeah. a Peloton. Nope. Not, not a Peloton. We just got a, an easy exercise bike that can be ridden by somebody recovering from ACL surgery. Um, it folds up. It's great. Um, Probably more up expensive. The box. box was um, uh, strangely light. It was very inexpensive. Um, it was good. It, it seemed like a good, uh, it was rated really highly. It comes in and I'm going to put this thing together and, uh, and you do the thing where you open it up and you have the little pack that has the directions. Well, the directions are a little heavier than what I am, you know, normally would use. And I couldn't really see what else was in the, in the box, but I, I open up the pack and I, I, tr I open up the front page and it has an explosion of an explosion drawing of all of the pieces that go into yep. it. Yep. I am immediately overwhelmed. I'm immediately freaking out. Like I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get all of these screws, all of these washers, all of these things. Yeah. Get the caps and the right thing. There's no way I'm going to be able to do this. I'm super overwhelmed. So I take a picture of it and I send it to the guys because I'm like, what am I, yeah. what am I about to get into? Um, but then I turn it over and it's like, 
it it's like a Fisher price kit. It's so easy to put together. They, they just did that in case you needed a spare part somewhere. Right, 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 right. It, yep. Really. It's just a package. It was like four steps and, um, and it came with all the tools that I needed to do. The hardest part was, was turning things in an opposite direction on the, uh, on the pedals for goodness sake. So that was, um, that was an interesting piece, but really what I, what I wanted to talk about my son <clears throat> is my son's taking physics and one of the things that the physics uh the physics uh instructor wanted them to do was um build you know have your group of four people build a musical instrument and then you're gonna have to play that musical instrument play a little song for it you have to be within you know so much of a percentage of the frequency pitch or whatever when you did do it and and you know that's how you're going to do it there's going to be you know 100 points for the write-up 100 points for the you know for the you know proposal and then you know 100 points for the for the project of what you're going to do so my son's group decides they're going to build a guitar um they were given like four weeks to do this they started it last week yeah, and sure. Um, and well, wait. Now, hang on a minute. They they were given four weeks to do it, and they started it last week. Was last week the first of the project, or was this like week three and a half that they effectively started? Week week three. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's like week three. They um, I my son says, "Hey, uh, come pick me up uh, from school in the pickup. Uh, one of my team members uh, has wood for for this guitar project." Yeah, said, he does. So what, what guitar project? <laughs> oh, you know we're for this. Um, so I show up. And, um, and I'm like, so they're going to build a guitar. They have to have this built together. It's kind of a big deal. This is the, this has to be a functioning guitar. Um, what kind of wood are they bringing? Of course, I'm sure the, the, these are all like super smart kids. I'm, I'm sure they, they looked into what goes into building a guitar. We get there. Um, the kid has two four by four, um, <laughs> by half inch, um, four foot by four foot by half inch, um, pieces of plywood. And, um, and I'm, and I'm eyeballing this and we're going to put it in the back of the truck and it's, it, it's raining on yeah, the way home. So yeah. it's, it's getting wet. I'm, I'm shaking my head to myself. I'm like, okay, so, uh, when is this, I'm like trying to, I'm, I'm trying to backwards right. this. When is this due? What, what are you thinking? You're going to be able to, you know, how are you going to do this? And, and I can see somebody is sketched out on one of the pieces of wood you know, all of all the math on it, where it's going to need to be cut and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is not going to work. That wood is not going to resonate. This, there's no way this is going to like very little of this wood is going to be used in this project. Yeah. yeah. But, but we're taking it back and I'm trying to get it dried out. Um, so they come over and, um, you know, my wife, Wendy is brilliant. And when she hears of the, she hears of the project, she's like, they're not going to get this done in time. Um, and uh and she's like well maybe they will i yeah we can we can do this and and as soon as i heard that we can do this i knew that um my wife was going to build a martin d45 um right. out of whatever there was like it was going to be the stradivarius of guitars <laughs> you know when this happened um and she's like uh, all right let's get this going go get all the tools let's get let's start let's start cutting this thing and i'm like and she looks at it. She's like, you can't make a guitar out of that. <laughs> and, and so off we, off we go to home Depot to pick up, you know, other stuff. And we, it has to be made, right? Yep. You can't, Yep. we, we, we did order a saddle for it. Right. And a nut 
and some tuning pegs. That's what we got because there's no way. Like, yeah, exactly. You can't mill your own. You need, metal you need the hardware. Yeah. Sure. I'm not gonna like go find some chicken bones or something like that and create our own thing. But we we did that and we went and we got wood that was more appropriate um, for it. Still, you know, like a little under a quarter inch, but it was you know flat top, more spruce is better ordering things on the internet, trying to get it in there. And then the other kids come over to try and work on it. And they, these are, these are smart kids um, that know all the angles. They know, you know, what needs to be done. They know how to measure out where the frets go. They, yep. and they, and they do that, but you know, they have to start using, I said, okay, well use the, you know, use the reciprocal saw, use the Sawzall, use the, you know, use the radial saw. And um, they're like, which, which saw is that? I'm like, I'll, I'll make the cuts. I'll make the cuts. <laughs> so, you know, um, so helping them make the cuts, helping them do the stuff was um, they, they were, they were taken to it. Like they were, they were into it. They're like, no, let me do it. I want to do it. Yeah. They're, so they're doing it. And you know, the whole time, you know, Wendy and I are just, you know, watching this project, take shape and it's, it's got to happen. And they're like, yeah, we're going to, we're probably going to knock this out this afternoon. Uh, you're going to get the first part. You're going to get the first step of 76 steps yeah. done with the clamping of the, of this to be, you know, right. And it's got to be like this. And I mean, even if you, even if it's going to be a passable guitar, like it doesn't need to be, you know, great. Yeah, but. It, yeah, exactly. But it's got to, like you said, it's got to be within a certain range of the tone and all that kind of stuff. Like there are, it, it's actually got to be functioning. Yeah. These things have to be like the frets have to be somewhat level. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the bottom ones can't be higher than the top sure. ones. <laughs> you know, it just can't work like that. So they're, they're all experimenting with, you know, they're, they're sanding and they're, they're filing and they're doing all this stuff. And, um, the prototype was due today and they were over last night until about nine. And my, my kid was up until like midnight working on bits of this thing to reinforce the neck. At some point we just throw up our hands and we're like, you know, they gotta, they gotta learn. They gotta learn about, yeah about what it is to turn in something that's not done. But you know what? They all worked hard. Um, they all uh, they all put in some time. They didn't put in enough time to make it great, but they do have time to revise it um, before it has to be finally put in um, in the next couple of weeks, and when they have to actually do the playing of it. So they're gonna they're gonna fix it up. It doesn't have sides on it, and the bottom isn't on it yet. But the fretboard, the tuners, that stuff's all um, uh, put together. Um, somebody put a, a sweet Phoenix, they painted a sweet yeah. Phoenix on the front, um, which can't hurt. That's, that's their school. Yeah. No, it, it definitely is, uh, not super. So great. Um, but, um, so they're working on, they're working on this, but watching that project take shape was, was, was really interesting. And all of my drill bits made it back into the drill bit. Nice. Box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, that's all that matters. It doesn't it's, matter if they pass or if they make a working guitar. It's it's the drill bits. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write their instructor and say, "Hey, I think you can see what went into making this thing. I want you to know that all of the drill bits made it back." Yeah, in right. <laughs> yeah exactly. Wow, that's that's so good. That'll get him the extra credit. All right, we're gonna take a really quick break. We'll be right back on the Dave and Steve show with Tracy. Hello, nature lovers. I'm here to tell you about a wonderful new recording from Das Records. It's called 
Tracy Green tells exotic birds, and it's how I relax after a stressful workday. Just listen. The white speckled dovetail. Caw! 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 The midwestern three-footed finch. The Icelandic rubber beak. The beautiful creatures, aren't they, folks? And now, for a very limited time, you can get them all on one disc brought to you by DOS Records. Here are a couple more samples of the serenity you'll experience. The blue-tailed pelican. Uh, pee-pee. The Peruvian two-toed parakeet. Life is stressful. Why not let Tracy take you on a flight to the far reaches of this great planet with some of the most beautiful bird calls you'll ever hear? The stiff-nippled Nordic robin. The fire-faced French owl. Uh, look, I'm an owl. If you're like me, you'll lose yourself in the calm that is Tracy Green does exotic birds. Act now, and we'll throw in Tracy Green does farm animals at no additional charge. Okay, I'm not doing any farm animals. Tattling is perhaps one of the most awful behaviors in humans. Tattling isn't just about justice. It's not about seeking fairness. It's about making sure that someone gets in trouble because of what you saw. And because there's often no victim, tattling has more to do with power than it does correcting behavior. When society mainstreams tattling, you get stupid campaigns like, if you see something, say something, and countless hotline phone numbers where such awful crimes as driving alone in the HIOV lane, tossing something biodegradable out your window, and God forbid having a license plate with a word on it your 8th grade boy uses regularly. Every time you tattle, you often put someone in the direct presence of a civil servant with a sidearm or a taser. Here's a campaign I can get behind. No tattling. If you see someone tattle, don't reach for your cell phone. Don't dial 911. Instead, go up to that person and tell them to mind their own damn business. And tell them I sent you. This has been Tracy's No Victim, No Crime. Mind your own business. Minute. Steve, I'll allow a rebuttal. (laughs) I would like to point out that many of our nation's forest fires are started by people throwing lit cigarettes out of windows. Um, That, so I knew that we, I wasn't going to put, there were going to be uh, cops, maybe the one where they threw the beer can at uh, at me. But but I knew there weren't going to be cops, um, you know, showing up with a sidearm and a taser. Um, I, I asked beforehand what happens. They said they receive a letter and sometimes a citation. Um, <laughs> that's all. That's all they get. Um, you I know how stressful it is to get a strongly worded <laughs> letter in the mail? Um, you know, it should be. It should be. We know where you are and we know what you do. Um, so, so, you know, I... I think we're all we're all responsible for each other and I, I i i can't even tell you how many forest fires are probably um saved single-handedly saved well i for well, one am thankful yeah. to you 
Uh, thank, for, thank you for all you do, Steve. Tracy, one um, of the things you said in the minute actually reminded me of a momentous occasion this week that happened. You said something about, you know, the 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 words written on a license plate that are the same ones that your eighth grader uses. And it made me think for the first time ever, ever, I heard my son, who is 14, say a swear word. Uh, and he was he was playing on Xbox Live with his buddies he thinks that his door is completely soundproof, I'm sure, because, or he doesn't really think about it because he's just in his room with the door closed. He thinks, for the most part, we're not going to hear what he says. And I, I will preface this by saying, I don't care, and he knows I don't care. And in fact, I've said to him many times, short of the, the real forbidden words, and I think we all know what those are, mm -hmm. when it comes right. to swearing, I don't, I don't care. I tell him all the time, because Steve and I were the same way. When you're that age... When you're around your buddies, you're going to say those kind of things. I get it. Be smart about it. Don't say dumb stuff in front of people that are going to get angry about it or that you're going to get in trouble for. Watch what you say in front of adults. But just, I, it, it's a thing. We all do it. So don't, I, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. But even when I would preface it and say that, and I would say, like, I would say to him, so right now, say shit to me. Say shit. He'd be like, no, I'm good. I, you know, I don't really talk like that. I mean, like, I'm okay with it. Just say it. No, nah, it's okay. It's kind of like when I get... I, I basically spend my entire life... You're making life, him smoke a pack of cigarettes in it, front of you. I basically spend my entire life trying to heap peer pressure on my kid. I try to get him to take a sip of beer. He won't do it. I try to get him to swear he won't do it. But, I, but I, you know, I'm just like, just, just do it. So I actually heard him say... Uh, he was actually talking with his friends about the Chris Rock, uh, Will Smith thing. And it was very fresh and very new. So, of course, the kids that age, this is... You know that you've seen something you've never seen before on live TV. This and I heard my son say, "Yeah, he just walked up and slapped the shit out of him." And so yeah. I was like, "Hey, there it is. He does actually <laughs> say the oh, words." Yeah. So go put your lips in this baby book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, it's great. I didn't make a big deal out of it. I didn't say anything to him that I had heard it or anything like that. But it did, did make me see the tear in your eye, right? Of it, pride. It, yeah, it did make me curious what. Where where do you guys land on the on the kids swearing thing? Uh, have you talked to your kids about it? Do you do you care? Like where do where do you sort of hit with that? Because I am I'm very much in the camp of unless you give those words power, they're not really anything. And my wife will often counter and say, at, at used in the wrong context, it can make you seem very uneducated, which I agree with. But I also work with some of the most brilliant people on the face of the earth, Steve's wife included, at the place where I work. And not Steve's wife, because I don't work directly with her. I don't know what she says at work. But when it comes to the brilliant people I work with, I hear them say those kinds of words all the time. And I don't think any less of them, or I don't think it diminishes their intellect in my eyes. But everybody sort of says that stuff. So where do you guys hit when it comes specifically to your kids? I, I um, Zach has uh, recently uh, started experimenting with words. Um <laughs> He, he, um, he's starting to, he's starting to say things. He's starting to be, um, a little more free with his, with his language as, as it is, which is good because I, I want him to be able to write without feeling like, oh, if I write that, then I, you know, I don't want somebody, I don't want to feel shame or guilt that, you know, grandma's going to read it and, you know, it's going to be terrible. I want him to be able to express himself and not, um, not hinder his work 
um, because he can't color a character that would use those words that way. Um, that being said, um, he he has used those words and and uh, and and he has used them in anger against me, and that's um, you know that's my own fault. You know, I, I not, gave it to him. not the in anger against you side of things, but just in normal like if he says something like oh that guy's so full of shit do you care no sometimes well i'm like you know it's it's like everything he has to learn where it's appropriate and right. where it isn't appropriate right. who you can say who's listening if somebody's always listening you got to be careful uh because that's going to color how people you know think of you right. um they're going to uh, they're going to you know have that perception of you know who you are and they're going to make a snap judgment he's he's figured that out for the most part right uh, he's he's not very good at it he's getting he's i mean he's getting good he's getting better at it I, i'm sure if he was here he'd be like oh you don't even know that steve you and i were ninjas at it we could oh. we oh. could turn it on and off we could say the <sighs> filthiest things around each other and the moment someone <laughs> with authority walked in it was all shut yeah, off home, mrs cleaver no mistake ever made like never yeah. slipped up like it was it was it was pretty incredible tracy what about you when it comes to your kids and their language well i i think if uh, if a gi jane joke can elicit a lot like a, a a big reaction i i think it's a it's an indicator for me always that it's never been about words it's always been about um how it is that how it is that like all your language comes out and i've encouraged my kids to be funny i try to be funny i'm the funny dad sure. uh if well, you ask me you know in a in a you know in a, in a poll informal poll taken in yeah, you family, got some I'm stiff competition dad. on this show that's all i'll say Trey. yeah I, I i know that but uh, i tell them that you know comedy is about timing and it's really hard and when you in you know saying bold things there's a risk to it yep. you're, because not only is there not only is there a fence but there's people who are simply just confused by your intent and so they don't know really if you're um if you're angry or just being loose with things and so i think when you're when you're young with anything you spend a lot of time just trying to figure out and color outside the lines a little bit so i i allow for a lot of mistakes uh, but i'm it doesn't the, the words mean less to me than really about just understanding just kind of timing and appropriateness of a lot of things. And yeah. that's just part of parenting. And I think I've always focused that focused on that. I've never really cared much about the words themselves. Right. What, what they're saying and, and the way they use the way they use the words and how they, how they wield, you know, the sword of respect or disrespect. Um, that's, that's really more, uh, more what it's what it's in line with. I I, I agree with you there. Yeah, so, and I in and I know Steve, you agree with this. You, you got to allow for mistakes. There's there's just risks with that, and so you just you're gonna make mistakes with it. It's fine. Just kind of um, own it, and just and I think those are the important lessons. Why did that you will... throw that to Steve and not say I know you guys agree? Why would you Why would you imply that I? Because Steve, don't agree Steve with and I have the same values on this, and I know that you you're a little little cavalier about it. So I just I, am, uh, yeah. I wanted to. Tracy knows that I that I've made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, he's he's seen he's seen a lot of he's seen a lot of mistakes. He sees them in the lines on my face. The scientific term for my approach, by the way, Tracy, is mm -hmm. willy-nilly. <laughs> Just so we're clear. All right, let's find out what Tracy has in the headlines. 
And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza, it's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Our first story in Denmark, the owner of an Audi Q4 e-tron posted a video on Reddit that received a great deal of attention this week. The video showed the owner pressing a button on their dash labeled sync and a large display screen on the dash indicated that the climate control system sync feature on his car was behind a paywall. The owner admitted that they had not purchased the Audi's, quote, tri-zone climate control package, but still the sync button was there on the dash. Pushing the button explained that the feature had not yet been purchased. Steve, uh, Wendy has an Audi, correct? She has an Audi e-tron, but not the new Q4 e-tron. So it doesn't have the sync button on it? No. Okay. No, I don't I don't think it does. It it has like we got like standard you know, package stuff with it, but it didn't come with, with that. What it did come with, it came with um six months of Wi-Fi, which we enjoyed and then didn't renew, and a year of satellite radio, which we didn't renew. Yeah. Um you know, do, do you remember when cars used to have like a blank button, like on the dash, <laughs> yeah, just, or a place for a button, and you'd like just dream about what it might do? Wow, I wish I could. I had a, I had, I had a spot for three buttons, and I, I, w- I would think of, wow, what would I do? What would I do three of? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but Tracy, I mean, to this point, the treadmill that I bought, the treadmill works great. <clears throat> if you want to do, if you want to have the treadmill do anything at all other than display your miles per hour that you're running you have to pay a monthly subscription fee so to do Mm -hmm. anything else to do any kind of tracking to use the heart rate monitor to do anything like that you have to pay a monthly subscription fee and it's getting to the point we've we've talked about this before on here but it, it you know i well i canceled my cable i'm not paying the exorbitant amount of money that i used to pay before until you realize that i am now subscribed to hbo max peacock paramount plus uh hulu amazon prime you name it like you're kind of just back to where you were before eventually they piecemealed it all out and got you back there and so all of these things all of these services this is the soup du jour now which is charge a monthly fee for quote unquote benefits that to steve's point yeah they're nice to have when you have them but when you don't have them you can get by fine the the car will still drive, drive just fine but there is that little it nags at you like this sucks because I should. Have, it kind of reminds you that something's lacking. Uh, the Spark amp yeah. was a great example. Like there were certain sounds. Like it would just say, like, "Hey, do you want an amp sound that makes you sound good?" And yeah. I'm like, yeah. "Yeah." Like how much? How much you got? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Death by a thousand cuts. Yep. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Audi US and UK both offer tri-zone climate control on their base trim. However, some markets offer tri-zone climate control as an optional add-on. In Denmark where this particular owner told us they were based. The add-on cost $758 a year. The owner acknowledged that they chose against the purchase, but didn't expect the button to still be there to uh, display this message. And let me explain to you how this works. Not you two, because I know you know how this works. But if you're listening at home and you haven't heard of this before, this is something we call a test market. You do something like this in smaller countries that aren't going to make a big stink about things because they don't have a big enough population to really make a big stink about things. 
you try these things out. Do people like this? Do they not like this? Are they okay with it? Do they basically pay the money begrudgingly because it's a feature that they kind of feel like they need? Okay, now that Denmark, we've gotten it past Denmark and they're and they're pretty good with it overall. Now we can start to roll this out into the larger countries. You it, pick your industry and they do this. And so I would not be surprised if, I, I don't know how it's going in Denmark with this particular feature, but if it goes well, by next year, USA will know, Audi USA will now be charging a yearly subscription yeah. for this thing as well. You can guarantee it. Well, the, everybody knows the Danes are just a pushover. Yeah, duh. Yeah. Apologize to our Danish listeners. <laughs> our next story, a reported robbery victim told police that the robber made him pinky promise that he wouldn't call authorities after stealing, stealing $80 from him. The victim said the robbery happened near the pit stop gas station in town about 10:40 p.m. Sunday, according to a police report. Man arrested after two county police chased him. 22-year-old man said he was walking along Youngston Road, southeast in in Ohio. He was approached by a man wearing a ski mask. He said the man asked him if he was a drug dealer, and when he responded that he wasn't. He said the robber pulled out a pocket knife and demanded money from him. According to the report, the victim estimated that the robber took about $80 from him before making him pinky promise that he would never call the police. Okay, so um, I've taken a business law class, and I know that a pinky promise is only enforceable. It's an enforceable contract up to $50. So had Yeah, that's British had, common law had they stayed under that $50 limit, that pinky promise would have been enforceable and that, and that criminal would have had uh, grounds to sue for up to 200% of that promise value. Um, but uh, because it was underneath, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. We're the guy next to you on the airplane. Really? Is that how it worked? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, the, I will. I, the, if I got robbed by a person who made me pinky swear not to call the cops, I don't think I would call the cops. And the reason I would not call the cops is because <clears throat> they could have easily just said, I'll kill your effing family if you tell anybody about that. You better not yeah. call the cops. Like, to have them, there's a sweetness. There's a sincerity. And there is, frankly, a... You, I feel like this is a person who probably really needs this money if they're sweet enough to say, hey, will you please pinky promise not to call the police once I'm gone? That tells me that's somebody who really does need the money. And I know that's a weird way to put it, but there's a vulnerability yeah. behind that gesture that makes me probably okay with them taking the money. Yet, um, and, and I would probably end up landing there, Dave, but in the moment, um, I think my short fuse would... Um, I would, I would, I, I would find him and, and, you know, some kind of poetic justice cut his pinky off. Sure. But then, as we've established, you would call a phone number on an old lady who let a chapstick cap fly out of her window driving down I-5. So <laughs> I, I, you're not the best, you're not the best judge of, of. She needs to keep track of her shit, man. <laughs> sorry. I don't I'm know sorry. who to be more uh, angry at in this case. Somebody who would steal $80 from another person and and ask really for a courtesy consideration or somebody who would break a pinky promise. Yeah, totally. Relatively low stakes. In the long term, which is the worst for society? Well, I mean, if it's $80 versus $50, I mean, legally, 
Because if you don't have the pinky promise, you have nothing. You have nothing at all. Our society will crumble if you can't count on somebody's word when they when they wrap their little tiniest finger around your tiniest finger and and swear that they will not tell anyone. You know, and you have every opportunity at that moment to reject the pinky promise, right? It, it, true, absolutely. And I, this is a pocket knife. I don't yeah, know you, the you, level you would of- reject the pinky promise, but you would accept a small blade into your body. Yeah. So yeah. this is That's, a pocket I mean, knife, very likely like a three inch blade. Uh, I'm just saying $80, three inch blade, pinky promise. I think there's a scale here. Yeah. And I, I think the person that was robbed in this case, normally I don't say this, but the victim here has really ruined society. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Our next story. <laughs> a 71-year-old Denver hey, man is facing Can felony. I interrupt just for a moment? Yeah. Uh, during the break, Tracy said, how many stories you want? I said two stories. We just did two stories, and Tracy's moving on to his next story. So, yeah, uh, 71-year-old Denver man is facing felony charge after city officials said he made a pickleball court without permission with prosecution on the table. Some believe the punishment doesn't fit the crime. The whole pickleball community is really saddened and shocked. Uh, said one person of the community, a friend of 71-year-old Arslan Gooney, a fellow pickleball player. Gooney and others used a basketball court at Denver's Central Park Recreation Center for pickleball last Monday. The markings on the court had faded, so Gooney remarked them with a sharpie. Three days later, an arrest warrant for felony criminal mischief was issued for Gooney, and the court documents also claim $10,000 in damages. So in Washington state now, um, he would not be, he would probably not be prosecuted because pickleball is now the official yeah. sport of Washington state. So it was invented like on Bainbridge or something like that. And the, the people that invented it had a dog named pickle. And every time the ball would get away, they would yell to pickle to get the ball. And it became pickleball. Pickle, ball, that pickle, the ball. Origin. Yes, it's true. You can look that up. Pickle. There ball. is not a more obnoxious sport on the planet. I have and said the, before, the, I would it, much rather live next it, to a gun range than a pickleball court. It is taking off like wildfire. And I, fire, fire. It is taking fire. off like wildfire. I don't know what it is. Like there, a, a major news outlet the other day had this like, have you heard of this weird sport that's sweeping the nation? And I was like, oh, I wonder what this is. And I looked at it and I was like, pickleball. We used to play this in high school with our overweight gym teacher who would dominate because he could put spin on the ball like nobody's business he didn't need to get around the court he just put a weird spin on it you couldn't chase it you didn't know which way it was going to go but the point is like we were playing it in high school and for some reason the the guy who sings in the band he was over last night he's like hey by the way i joined a pickleball league i was like what he's like yeah it's not like it was back in the day where we had like wooden rackets and they're like they're proper like aluminum rackets that you use now and the guys are really competitive we're about wasting it alu- we're doing aluminum rackets and, on this and and he said he tried to get his son into it because his son plays tennis and his son was like dad that's it's just a bunch of old guys like i'm not doing that kind of thing like went to him with for one of them so it is it's like a bunch of old dudes it's taken over for like racquetball and handball and all the things that sweaty old men play at gyms for some reason pickleball is now the new hot shit so much so our governor just made it the state sport like why can't it be squash right yeah exactly yeah anyway i hope this guy gets the chair anyway (laughs) that's the news fellas 
All right, we've run long. We apologize, but it's been good content. You can't deny it. There's no denying that. Next week, we're going to have a, uh, a game. I've committed Steve to bringing in a new game, a new crazy-ass game to the show next week, uh, and we'll see what that is. Or you can tune in next week, and there won't be a game, and we just won't talk about it. So fine. the only way you're going to know is if you tune in next week. Before we get the hell out of here, Steve, anything else from you? Nothing good. Tracy, anything from you? Uh, no, I'm just... I, I am looking forward to... Uh, just more interactions with my neighbors. Yeah. Giddy up. For Steve, for Tracy, for me, Dave, and for Dexter's owner. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Dave and Steve Show with Tracy. invented King Arthur's Round Table. Sir Cumference. <laughs>